But good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this great feast of the baptism of our Lord Christ. A few things to share before we begin our service this morning. Uh, first, if you haven't, make sure you check your mailboxes this morning. Your annual reports are in your mailboxes. Uh, there's also an updated directory sheet attached to the back of it, so keep that so you have the latest directory. Uh, our annual meeting, of course, follows immediately after the service this morning. So members, we ask you to stay and participate in that meeting for us. And then following the meeting, we will undecorate the church. Uh, also, I will begin the Epiphany House Blessings this afternoon and tomorrow. If you haven't signed up, please do so. Uh, if neither of those times work for you, let me know or write out a different date and we will get it worked out. Uh, prayer request this morning. Uh, of course, continuing to pray for Greg as he recovers in the hospital and Denise as she accompanies him. Uh, Greg also, this past week, lost an uncle. Uh, so his family is grieving. So keep them in your prayers for that as well. Also pray for Marcy Hughes, who's in the hospital, ill, uh, as she would recover. Uh, other, other prayer requests, other concerns this morning? If there's nothing else, I will invite you to take a moment to quiet your hearts and minds to listen to the prelude and to prepare for worship. To whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Let us pray. Almighty God, you anointed Jesus at his baptism with the Holy Spirit and revealed him as your beloved Son. Keep all who are born of water and the Spirit faithful in your service, that we may rejoice to be called children of God. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burnt, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight and honored, I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, 
whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The word of the Lord. We'll read responsibly Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, your God, you gods, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is a powerful The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord bursts forth in lightning flashes. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord makes the oak trees writhe and stripes the florist bare. And in the temple of the Lord all are crying glory. O Lord, give strength to your people. Give them, O Lord, the blessings of peace. A reading from Acts. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the, heavens, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord please be seated, children. Please come forward. In our in our readings today, especially our psalm, listen to this: what we hear. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. What does the voice of God sound like? Can we imagine that? What's the voice of God sound like? But if you imagine, you imagine thunder, right? 
The voice of God is thunderous. It's loud. It's commanding. Right? The voice of the Lord. It's powerful. And that's what the psalm tells us. It breaks forth over the waters. It breaks the biggest trees on the earth. It makes whole nations skip. It bursts forth like lightning. It's this powerful, commanding voice. Because it speaks truth. It's always truth. God always speaks truth. Right? God cannot lie. Everything that God says is true, and it is. And we get this powerful voice, but then in our gospel lesson, when Jesus is baptized, do you know what the voice of God says to Jesus? You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. He says to Jesus, I love you. You are beloved. You're precious to me. And I think about this because then, in our first reading from Isaiah, you know what God says to his people? God says to his people, you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. Right? Think about that. God says to you, I love you. You are precious in my sight. You're honored. I'm proud of you. God loves you. Right, that same voice that can thunder out over the ocean, that can break trees with his voice, that his voice flashes like lightning, says to you, I love you. Right? And what God says is always true. So there's never going to be a time in your life that you're not precious in God's sight. God's always going to love you. You're always going to be honored to God. To me, that's the most amazing truth in the whole world, right? God, who created all, who has glory over all, who's powerful over all, he says to each of you individually, you're precious, I love you. Right? He says, I love you. Let's pray. Lord, help us to know your love. Lord, help us to know your love. And that you will never, ever leave us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, celebrating the baptism of our Lord gives us the opportunity to talk about our baptisms and what they mean to us. And so in many Christian churches and many denominations, the subjective experience of spirituality is the chief evidence that you're a Christian. Right? They have the idea that a certain feeling whether it's a dramatic conversion experience, a special warming of your heart, that those feelings show genuine faith. And now there's nothing wrong with conversion experiences or strong feelings in your heart about the Lord. Those experiences are quite good. But as Lutherans, we say that we don't have to put our hope in the fluctuations of our experiences and our feelings. All right, we do not sing... Jesus loves me, this I know, for my feelings tell me so. Right? Feelings and experiences for us are not reliable sources of comfort. In fact, if we're feeling down or feeling troubled by temptation, we then may come to believe we don't have real faith if we just rely on the feelings of our hearts. And so instead, we as Lutherans return to a phrase, remember your baptism. Right? This means look to something tangible, something concrete, something objective that has happened to you. 
the tangible thing that's happened to you that you've received, it's undeniable. Right? It does not fluctuate like your feelings might. And so you can take comfort in the fact that this thing really has happened to you. It concretely happened to you. Right? So, in fact, we might even be able to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for my baptism tells me so. Right? Remember your baptism. We, were say, we say, remember your baptism, because scriptures tie specific and particular promises from God to us with our baptisms. Right now, most of you were small children when you were baptized and don't remember it. And so in that case, we'll say, remember that you are baptized. That's who you are. Right? Your baptism is not just a symbolic ritual. It's not just a public confession of faith. But our baptism is a specific moment in our life when God's word, his promises, are applied to us through the washing of water. And as Lutherans, we say baptism brings about forgiveness of sins, redeems from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe it, as the words and promise of God declare. But the chief promise of baptism is simply this, that in our baptisms, God grafts us to Christ. So our relationship to God is always connected to who Christ is in us. In other words, baptism ties us to Christ. It makes us inseparable from him. In Romans 6, St. Paul says, We have been buried with Christ by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. Our old sinful identity, our identity defined by death and separation from God, is drowned in the waters of baptism, and our new life connected to Christ is raised in us. And so when Christ is baptized here in our gospel, we hear the voice of God who says to him, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And as we hear the voice of God, remember what we say that our baptisms accomplish in us. We say that baptisms unite us to Christ. So when God says to Jesus, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased, he is also saying that to us through Christ. Yes, you also are God's child. You are God's beloved. God is pleased with you. Now, not because you're not a sinner, right? Or not because you are a special snowflake or something like that. No, God is pleased with you because God is pleased with Christ. And so our unity with Christ through our baptisms means that we are now and forever God's child. We can now pray to God as our Father and expect that he will hear us and will care for us as his dear child. So the language from our Old Testament reading in Isaiah 43, I think is so valuable to apply to us as the baptized people of God. Now, of course, the original audience of this message was the people of God who had been exiled into Babylon. In their exile, God was promising that they still had an identity as his people. But now, as people of God united to God through Christ, we can apply these words to ourselves. Christ makes these words true for us. In the words of the Lord in Isaiah 43, become beautiful descriptions of who we are in our baptisms. In 43 verse 1, 
The Lord says to his people, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That last phrase is especially interesting. I have called you by name and you are mine. What happens when someone is baptized? Well, they are named, and then they're marked by God's name. We say, so-and-so, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When we baptize someone and state their full name, we're stating that that individual is seen and known by God. Right? You personally are named and known by God. You're not a stranger to him. You're not just a mere acquaintance. You're a friend of God. He knows you fully and personally. And more than that, he marks you with his very own name. In baptism, the name of God is forever attached to your own name. Your whole identity is wrapped up in his being. He claims you and he sustains you. In the same verse, God goes on to say that he redeems you. He purchases you. He adopts you. You're entirely his own. Right? And so you no longer belong to sin, to death, to, to the devil, to death, but you belong wholly to God. And for this reason, God says, do not fear. That's the message to those of us who have been baptized. That's always the first message of God to us. Do not fear. We need not fear that the Lord will abandon us, nor do we need to fear that the powers of this world will overtake us. Rather, because the Lord himself has claimed us and named us, we can have peace in this world. But verse 2 gives us a beautiful image of the assurance that God gives to us. He promises us that because he has claimed us, there will be nothing we will suffer alone. He says there in verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. God, through Christ, in fact, has gone through every trial with us and for us. Christ suffered in this world for us. He knows our pains. And as the one who has passed through suffering and death perfectly, and the one who was raised to new life, he's promised the same thing to us. So as we suffer, we do not pass through our trials alone. We, we pass through them with confidence, knowing that the Lord has given us his name. Right? And so for all of us, there will be a time when life is difficult. There will be times when we grieve. Times when our health is poor. Times when others hurt us and make life difficult for us. To find the gospel in that moment is to remember who we are in our baptisms. Finally, let us then take notice of how God speaks to us in verse 4. Because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. When you are baptized, these are God's very words to you. You are precious in my sight. You are honored in my sight. I love you. Our very baptisms are the evidence that this is true. Right? God would not give us his name. He would not redeem us. He would not promise to never leave us if it were not true. And now we have to consider the weight of this. Right? God says, you are precious in my sight. You have worth to God. You have value. In fact, through your union to Christ, God is proud of you. God is pleased with you. 
He's not angry with you. He's not disappointed with you. He is proud of you. And he values you above all else. And what an important thing it is to hear that message. I was reading recently an author named Anthony Bradley who teaches at King's College in New York City. And he's making the point that all the research coming out now shows that the root of our societal problems is really quite clear. Much of what is wrong in our communities comes down to the fact that so many young men have never heard their father say to them, I am proud of you, I love you. Right? They've heard their fathers scold them. They've heard their fathers give them practical advice. And many, of course, don't have fathers who are present at all. But a young man, Bradley says, will struggle to flourish and be healthy if he does not know his father's love. Young men long to hear that their fathers are proud of them. On a real practical level, that's true for the young men in our communities. But it's also true for all of us in a spiritual sense. Many of us will not grow spiritually and we will not flourish until we hear this message from God personally. Until we can sit quietly and peacefully and hear God say, I love you. You're valuable to me. You are precious to me. We may struggle to know the gospel for us if we don't hear those words. But that's exactly what God says to you. You are valuable to me. And so, remember your baptisms. Remember that you're baptized. Remember that you're grafted to Christ. This gives all of us the starting point to hear those words of comfort from God. It gives us the foundation of our identities in him to know that we're precious to him. And so we say, remember our baptisms, because our baptisms are where we have that concrete assurance that God loves us, and you are valuable to him. Amen.
together, let us stand and confess our faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, you have fulfilled all righteousness in the baptism of your beloved Son. As we have received this righteousness by our baptism into him, make us bold in faith and fervent in love, that we may live out heavenly lives even in this world. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, as you have opened heaven to your church through baptism, give her faithful teachers to proclaim your Son, Jesus Christ, and all that accords with godliness that many would repent of their sins and join him in his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Preserve the family, O God, especially all Christian homes. Turn husband and wife toward one another in love. Equip fathers and mothers for their holy duty as teachers of the faith. And preserve all children in the saving faith and certain promises of their baptisms. And provide genuine love for neighbor and a vocation of compassion on all those who are unmarried or without children. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you break the wicked with your rod for the sake of your beloved children. Help us at all times to serve you with fear and to seek refuge always in the kingdom of your Son. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, your Son Jesus is the true Christ and the true King of this world. Grant great humility to the rulers of our nations especially Joseph, our president, Richard Michael, our governor, that they would submit to the preaching of his holy word for the sake of their own souls, and that they might serve for the good of your holy people. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you sent your son to serve your people and deliver them from sin and death. Because we long for your salvation, bring us out of our afflictions and uphold all of those who are bruised in spirit and who suffer any kind of trial, temptation, especially Bob, Steve, Mike, June, Chuck, Nancy, Donald, Greg, Ray, Amanda, Dwight, Marilyn, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Carolyn, Jane, Candace, Marcy, Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you manifested yourself with the Holy Spirit in the fullness of grace at the baptism of your Son. With your voice, you directed us to the one who has borne our sins, that we may receive forgiveness. Keep us, we ask you, in the true faith. Since we have been baptized in accordance with your command and the example of your Son, Strengthen our faith by your Holy Spirit, 
and lead us to everlasting life and salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Greet one another with signs of Christ's peace. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Now, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
Go in peace. Serve the Lord.